episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Episode 201. Welcome to a new century, a new beginning, a new lifestyle. With me, Robert Kale. You know, tonight's guest, I look back actually to episode 101, and that was another musician as well, another elder musician that I looked up to. And tonight's guest, it's been, I guess, the better part of 200 episodes for him to come on this show. But I want to give you a little bit of the background of how I got to meet him, huh? Isn't that why you're here? So listen, I was playing in Pacadao. Pacadao is a bunch of beats coming out of a laptop that's fake. I miss playing with a drummer, okay? There's nothing like playing live on stage. And maybe you won't get this if you're not a musician, but there is this, like, uh, pop synergy, just this moment in time that you can capture when you're on stage and you're hitting it with the crowd in the rhythm section, because I don't really know about guitar. Bass and drums kind of go hand in hand. It's addictive. It feels so good. The pocket is what I'm talking about, okay? So I joined a band, Judah Kim and Assassination. We tried We tried two drum. Uh, no, we tried one drummer out, and then we found John. Okay, John Bicer came into my life and I'm like, this guy can keep the beat so well that it almost sounds like he's got a whole cavalcade of people behind him, okay? He's doing these beats. There's this song called Understanding, okay? And like he did this back groove thing that I just still feel so well in my bones, you know what I'm saying? And it, you know, it it's such a good thing to meet another musician early in the game, late in the game, in the middle of the game, it don't matter. But when you meet somebody that it clicks with, you do it. We were also going to perform coincidentally as Pocket Dial, but the gig never popped off due to rain. But, you know, all kidding aside, uh, awesome drummer, awesome human being, fan, and now guest of the Bobcast. Welcome to the stage, Mr. John Bicer. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to follow after what you just said. Guests sometimes they go into like you know shock, like you know they they've just seen Jaws, or they've just seen something <laughs> that's just not supposed to be there. You know, I really appreciate you coming down here. We had to do a little bit of rescheduling, but like I've told many people before, okay, I don't flake, okay, no I know flakes. you don't, no flakes. We always gotta reschedule, reroute it around. You know, I I'm thinking back about the description that you just gave about mm. how we met each other, and. I feel the same way. I think that when we first got together, it was mm-hmm. just, it was immediate. Boom, we can play. Yeah. yeah. We it, knew we knew we could perform. We knew we could do these songs. And those songs weren't exactly easy songs to play either. There was lots, no. of, lots of intricate parts, you know, because yep. Jude is such a good songwriter that, you know, he, he can come up with these. Like, he, he taught me stuff on the bass that I never would have thought of, and that's the truth. You know what I mean? My musical uh, palette, didn't reach as far as his and he helped me get there so one of the things i loved about what mm-hmm. you were just saying is that 
songs can be or seem deceptively simple mm -hmm. and then you go and fucking try and play them like oh yeah <laughs> it's playing live yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean not that i don't think that we ever struggled um no but, we never did no not but, but those songs were pretty complex and mm -hmm. I thought we had a great uh, gig. I think that was Top of the World 4. Yeah. I think it was 4, right? 4 or 5. One of them. But, I mean, that gig was fire. We also... It was the biggest band I was ever in at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, we had, like, seven or eight people up there. Yeah, and, like, it was so weird, too, because, like, I thought, you know, just from, I, I, I don't know, being in bands and being, you know, okay, we're all in it, ready to go, that we would always be this big band. It would be a thing, like... And it made sense... It kind of sense to me more in the head, like, the assassination... Like just an entourage of people, like yeah, we backing up shit, Judah. We always got shit for that, you know. what I mean, the assassination. I thought that was a good name. It was always in debate, but yeah. you know, you know, band names or whatever they are. What do you think the best band name in the whole world is? Fuck, <laughs> I've been thinking about like weird band names lately. You know, like at the top of my head, like how did like they they're sitting at a table and they're like, we're gonna go for it, man. Queens of the Stone Age, and they're like, let's do it. You know, okay. or like, um, I'll give you one. Yeah. Minus the bear, but it's not because it's a great name. It's mm -hmm. because of the story of how they got their name. I don't know that one. All right. So I don't really know. I, I can't recite the story, but if you look it up there, they, it was a bunch of guys, I guess, in the band talking about that show from the eighties, BJ and the bear. And oh. it basically has something to do with the way that they were describing it he said something about such and such minus the bear because he was talking about a bj a blowjob and that's what the story was bj the bear from when bj and the bear from like it's a tv show from the 80s not that i ever watched it i just heard the story once yeah i'm gonna do a full confession right now on the bobcast i cannot podcast and look up shit on my phone <laughs> I really can't. I like. I, I just typed. I was supposed to type BJ in the bear. You know what I wrote? BJ in the Bixby. <laughs> look, you could maybe try to look up how minus the bear got the. I got name. this bear. I got this bear. Oh yeah, I remember this imagery. I remember uh, seeing it in like Popco magazine stuff like that. So yeah, I I mean minus the bear is a good band. Not necessarily a favorite of mine, but I just like the story of how the name came about. So. That name sticks with me as one that's up there in terms of quality, got some kind of mm -hmm. hidden meaning. Not necessarily hidden, but if you know, you know. But if you don't, you're just like, what the hell is Minus the Bear? I remember thinking the same thing when I heard uh, Soul Asylum. Yeah. And I was like, what? Because it was like, huh? Because the soul also could be a person, place, or thing, kind of, you know, like double... Now, I don't know. It's just weird. Like in Downtown Harvest, my band name too kind of makes me feel like soul assigned, like the words that don't make sense together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, but band names are just, mm -hmm. uh, I always think like you could have the worst band name ever, but if you have a hit song, no one's going to care. Like they're going to be yeah. like, oh yeah, that band. They're great. What's the worst band name though? Come on. There's got to <laughs> be one though. I mean. Is, is uh, 311, are they called that because that's their area code? Mm, I, I'm i not sure about that. I mean, that'd be a good question for somebody out there to answer. Dave on the Grohl podcast. always says that the Foo Fighters is one of the worst names out there. He, he said he wishes he would have never named the band that. Yeah, he was also a kid, too, and he named them Foo Fighters. Got, you know, like Dave Grohl, man, what a career. I hope he keeps on going, but he needs to take care of himself. I saw a video of him like trying to chug a beer off like a speaker that's like something like you know you would see at a bar 
and Fallen. Did you see that footage? <laughs> I haven't, no. I saw him in concert once. It's too long of a concert. I'm sorry. It's too goddamn long to stand that long. You know what I mean? Like, I got bad knees. I can't do that that long, you know? Like, I hate that they charge for chairs now at the, uh, what is it, the Pavilion? I don't even know the name of it no more. I don't Over know that place. Camden? Yeah, that place, it's not going to a concert. Believe it or not, I've never seen a show there. You you were the the first of, I don't know, I've asked this question to numerous musicians about venues around here, and everybody always says, oh, I go, but you're the one who's never been there? Awesome, dude. Because that place, <laughs> it's just not built right for it. It's like, did you ever make one of those, like, uh, uh, when you're a kid, like you make a shoebox to look at the Eclipse? You know what I mean? I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. like That's what it's like going to that place to see a concert. And, like, you can't see shit. You can't hear what's going on. That's you don't know no what's fun. going on. No. And the bass and drums just sound like... It's uh, stadium shows, if, if you want to call that a stadium, are just not my favorite. I'd much rather see a band play 500 people, 1,000 people, know, right? something like that. There's I mean, this place in Los Angeles I used to go to called Spaceland, and every Monday night they get free admission. I would gladly pay the same amount of money today to go back and see those types of shows for free so, they were just so intimate and like yeah so many people talk about bands that. on the fringe yeah you know? bands that were just about to make it yeah i love that you know, story man this, this there's story, tons like, of them. The, i also think that it's wise and i don't think i share this idea but i do credit it i think keith might have said something or one of the guests back in the day there needs to be some sort of like uh retirement pension plan for musicians who never made it who spent their early years not crafting their profession their career they have no resume yeah they've been they, on the road for all a while. they've done so what can we get them to do so what would be the obvious question you would ask you would say well what are your job skills what do musicians have i do new i i know for one that you are punctual on time like myself you're always on time <laughs> always okay so musicians they know they got a long wait ahead of them, okay? They're going to get there early, okay? Sometimes you get there at 5 to do something at 10 fucking p.m. Every, uh, for a drummer especially. And, and like, and then, like, in my experience, and this may not be everybody's, but this is what I'm sharing, is the fact that 9 times out of 10, the guy that's going to help you with the sound is just in a pissy mood in the first place, and you could do it probably better yourself, you know? <laughs> Well, Sorry. I don't know if I could. And I, like the club, the club, like who'd hire? Just like, oh, we need this guy just to do it. Just get it over with. You know what I mean? Like, oh, come on, man. You know, I don't it's know. setting like, up microphones. Yeah, microphones. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I've had my share of of sound people that have been just not wanting to deal with anything that was happening that night. But recently, I'd say over the past couple of years, most of the places I played at around Philly and anywhere else. Some people, girls, guys, all of them are total pros, super nice. Um, I mean, they'll come and this talk to This is mid-thousands for me. I guess I'm an old, tired uh, runt. I don't know. Um, just my experience, you know. But again, there, I've, there I've was, had the bad ones. I, I've had just some really, I don't know, treacherous, like weird, rushing experience. You've ever been rushed on stage? Like, come on, come on, come on. Like, you got to go on. Well, I mean, we. I, th I know that I think everybody's had the... <laughs> the uh, Cut early. The cut early oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sign. So John just he just motioned, you know, making cutting his neck. Like, what, what's <laughs> up with that? Yeah. Like, cut it out. Cut it. Stop. Well, a Stop. lot of places now have uh, they'll Sound. have a they'll have a clock yeah. up on the wall that only you can see. 
And, you know, if you know that you've got somebody coming after you, you feel like you're always looking at that, at yeah. least so, towards the end of your set. Like, what are we going to have to cut out of this? That's a good point, John. So yeah. that's another quality you have for a job. You know what I mean? Like, if you needed one leg afterwards, you're prepared to deal with any situation because <laughs> you have to get through the gig. I think ahead. I always think ahead. You know ahead. what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you have to play. You, there's no way around it. You have to do this. Sometimes I'll I catch myself blues. in the middle of a song, like, looking ahead and when i really should okay be. so wait wait i think i just came up with the idea and i'm going to put it out there for everybody to hear and if you want to join in with bice yep. and i we're going to do it okay <laughs> if you're a musician and you are struggling what if we got somebody to finance a company that makes stickers for musicians so it's a wraparound thing and we find a way to print it on some sort of organic product that gives way to a whole new market because most of the time, musicians are smoking dope anyway, right? Wasn't that the proto? Give it back to them. There you go. With stickers. Everybody needs a sticker. A sticker is now looked Look, down upon in society. Your, I got them all over I got all over. You come on the show, and you got a sticker. Nice. I put it on the thing, no matter what. I'll put it on one my of my, One of my guests, want, he's like, damn, man, you didn't even hear it yet. I was like, I don't need to hear your music, bro. <laughs> okay? I like the color. Hey, you can't go wrong with that. Plus, to be honest, I mean, like, you know, that's how you got to be. You got to treat everybody. I would like to think that if I could get every single person that I've ever interviewed on the Bombcast at Top of the World 7, and, like, we could just, like, you know, do some sort of uh, flash mob scenario or, you know, <laughs> something on social media with the hashtag Top of the World 7. You hey, know what I mean? Now, you got the time that we played, I mean, that was a damn good crowd. Mm -hmm. so, it's fun it's a fun gig that's why I had to come back and do it people you, ask me why, why are you going to do it you took a break you I did a, a great break. job promoting that I remember that was like Thanks, you man, worked yeah. your ass off for that I didn't really you know what here's the thing okay I might have worked my ass off off once when I was 24 when I really first started pushing for a band and then I never really stopped doing the same thing you know what I mean like anytime when I was in a band I took it seriously enough <clears throat> excuse me that I would think you know, we've got to go all the way. What's the point of it? You know what I mean? No reluctance of thinking, I don't have dreams of Grandora being on stage. Come on, man. I want to play, you know? Have you seen the uh, Motley Crue Netflix movie yet? Have I seen it? So I think I've seen it maybe now seven times. Oh, okay. Like I put it on the background, you know, like yeah. late at night, you know? I love so, the movie. It's, but it's great. They talk about that like at least a couple of times in the movie that like the manager was talking to them before they hired him. And he said, look, you guys, I'll take you the distance if that's what you yeah. want to do. <laughs> and they had also referenced that exact wording like prior to that. And like, you know, I don't even know. Well, God, I don't even know if I have the mm -hmm. <laughs> if I can go the distance at this point. But I mean, I know it's tough. It, it's it, real it, tough to do in your it's tough to do, especially in my age. family. Well, with a family and like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not 20 years old with zero responsibilities. I know. I know. So, you know, that's why I stay where I stay. I got a good thing going here, playing with tons of people. And yeah, how, many, how many groups do you play with now? <laughs> well, um, pretty decent amount. And, um, you know, it's, I guess it's probably at this point, like a rotation of, a steady three or four, but sometimes there's five and six. That's crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> I like how you can hold all that down at once. It's, you know, in June. And, you I, know, one of those will work. I mean, you really, you just have to have to be in the right spot, too. Like my friend Dalbo 
is a drummer that you would really get along with from Los Angeles, but he's originally from Australia, mate. <laughs> he uh, he plays in several bands like yourself, and uh, he's made a career out of doing studio stuff. You're yeah. a solid studio guy. You got to get in the studio. Yeah, that was. Um, I always said that, um, like playing, like it, as a musician, mm-hmm. live shows every night. That's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into session work, studio work. Mm-hmm. Wanted to move to California when I was 18, but just shit got so fucked up back then that um, but you've it been just was an since, impossibility right? and I never since. went through with it. You've been there since though. What, right? Cali? Yeah. Oh, I've been to Cali a bunch of you times. You just met Magic Johnson, dude. Like, what's <laughs> yeah, up with right. that? You're yeah. wearing that pimp jacket. Where do you get that from, Nordstrom? <laughs> you're, you're the second person that has mentioned that jacket and I did now, get it at Nordstrom. <laughs> I don't want to be sexist, but I have a question. Who bought that jacket your wife or yourself i bought that fucking jacket i like your style dude see i'm metro up in here in the bobcast it's all good but i, I like your color choice thank you you look cooler than magic johnson Ooh, yeah he, he had a yeah. he he probably had like a two thousand dollar suit on that night he, he had something i don't know he always wears that same color it's offset of his laker glory yeah, you I had you. you had base blue. I, it was actually the first time I had ever tried on a coat that color, and right away I was like, "Shit, this yeah. looks good." <laughs> That's always fun, man. When you uh, try on a new coat and you're like, "Wow, it fits." No, it's I, great. I, I need to buy it. I will say this: that I bought that jacket prior to going to California, just because I knew I was going to be going to dinners like that with my wife. Mm-hmm. But while we were out there, we stopped into this women's clothing shop that happened to have like a couple of guys items. And one of the things that they had was this uh, John Varvatos jacket, which was like ridiculously expensive. I'm not, I don't even want to say how much it was. My wife bought that for me. Oh, wow. (laughs) I tried it on and she's like, I'll buy that for you. Like, that's a good sign. (laughs) That's a good sign that that coat looks damn good. Yeah, it's something about material, right? When you feel it, it's so crazy. It's a rush of dopamine to your head and you don't know why. I used to work in a department store, and I used to be the one that was providing the caffeine dopamine after they <laughs> after they got done shopping, you know. And like it's it's crazy, man, how the brain works like that. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I I you know, for my work, I have to pretty much yeah, I gotta wear nice clothes most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like buying new shirts, buying new pants, and then like stuff like that. That kind of coat, I never spend money on shit like that. Like I just don't need it, but needed mm-hmm. it for out there and worked out for me because I've had bunch of compliments on it now so yeah dude the jacket i mean it's just it's a great jacket you could buy it here <laughs> underneath this website Bice blue i put vice blue down there it's part of the you know the gallery for new merchandise here at the bar <laughs> we went to this dinner out there that was a uh an all-white dinner mm-hmm. i literally have never worn all white in my entire life i went like, to an all-white party once it, it ended up being great and you know it, it just was fun it's yeah it is something fun. totally you, unique <clears throat> when you go to something like that and it's like a whole new experience have you ever i went to i've always wanted to go to one of those uh silent discos yeah <laughs> this um you know that music festival i told you about that i worked at a couple of years in a row mm-hmm. so the the last thing that they would do at night was a silent disco it's like it's hysterical to watch because you can't hear anything that's going on but everybody is just like i mean i don't know if they're like hitting the molly or whatever but they are mm-hmm. like out of their minds and just having the best time it, it's a blast to watch just to be a witness to it uh, is man, great i haven't been to one of those in, 
and maybe six years or so, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, this was like, uh, it was in this big courtyard at this music festival. And we, you know, the first year there was probably about six, 700 people, but last year there was like 2,000 people well, doing that's this. That's the one you play with <clears throat> Travel Lanes, right? No, no, no. This is um, one that um, I uh, I worked at two years in a row. Uh, um, that, did you also uh, play it though? No, you, okay. no, I wish, no. No, this mm-hmm. festival called uh, Kaboo. Oh, yeah, in, uh, yeah. Del Mar, San Diego area. It's uh, it's a great festival. Oh, I think I saw the pictures of that. Yeah. You posted some. Yeah. yeah who, so, was the, who was the headliner? Well, the first year that we went, it was uh, Petty, and it was uh, oh, like two right. weeks yeah, before we, he we died. we were playing then. Yeah. Yeah. That, like that was three years ago, right? Yeah. 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 2016. So you got to see Petty. You saw him a couple times, too, right? I had seen him before that, but... Yeah. Uh, I never yeah, was, saw him. Yeah. I feel was, bad, man, about this whole thing with the fentanyl and his pills and shit. Oh, my God. It's so... You know? So out of control, but... You know, I, it's just the worst, you know. Did he have the hip surgery? He had hip surgery, right? Well, at the time, I think when he passed away, he had he had a fractured hip, he and had. that's why he was taking so much shit. So he got bad shit because of what? Because his subscription, like, you know what I mean? Like, what happened there? Nobody ever talks about that. Like, I don't, I think he had had a problem for a while. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. again, I'm not, I don't want to. Same thing with Prince. Yeah. A little, it's almost an identical situation. It's, yeah, that fentanyl shit. Terrible. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, really, it's it's like a a crime against humanity to have even have the product available on the market. In my opinion, there's. I mean, you what's know? the point of having something that potent when I mean, the only reason that you would need something like that is to keep co- people coming back? Yeah, that's just the thing, though. I mean, they're not coming back because they're dying. So why would they want to use it, right? I mean, doesn't that go against the whole principle of being a drug dealer? You want them to keep coming back if you're killing them. Always a new customer. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, I wonder, like, the true origin of how something like that synthetically comes into America for the first time. Yeah. Like, what is that story? The story of the ship, the plane, whatever if that's what it was the aliens coming in from <laughs> outer space being like look we got this shit you know what i mean like the synthetic stuff we made from uh, god knows what man it's just it's terrible man it really is it's um it, it the, the whole situation is so out of control and mm-hmm. and it's it's not just something that's been f- the last five years i know from personal experience not necessarily my own but mm-hmm. you know a very close family member that this shit goes back 25 30 years the over um prescribing and the the no one's keeping track of anything like how does a pharmacy not see that uh you know same person keeps coming back every two or three days new script needs more isn't going to stop and then the next thing you know it's like a couple of years in the same pharmacy and the same doc are still providing it in some cases the doc doesn't even work there no more. You know what I mean? Well, like they just move around so much. Back yeah. in the day, it was rampant, and that's how it spiraled out of control. I think the addiction too of like a generation before they saw it. You know? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's, it's so, been around it's for crazy, much for a while. Just yeah, the last decade, not this fentanyl shit. Yeah, like I guess. Oh yeah, it's not. I mean, the Chinese brought the opium, and they had the opium tents and stuff like that. I love those stories. I love uh, hearing about those things, like because it's just like people take drugs because they want to escape pain, and they want to see. I think if there is something better than their own existence, you know, what people, I mean, they're looking for God without a church when they take their drugs. They people have always wanted to change their situation, how mm-hmm. they feel. 
their body, their mind. Mm -hmm. It's you, you'll never do away with wanting to feel differently from one day to the next, from one mood to the next. You're down. You want to be up. You're up. You want to be down. No, there's so much stuff out there that's available. It's crazy. There's I, if you Google, like I remember one time, like when I was trying to understand what fentanyl was, I looked up all the different other synthetic drugs that are out there, and it's alarming. Like the stuff. Like why would you want to do that? I, that's why I say it's like a crime against humanity. It's a it's a scary thing. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, again, I've never had any major issue with drugs or alcohol as many as I've tried. But one thing that I I just could never see myself doing is uh, you know jamming myself with a needle. I, oh God, no! I just Dude. I mean I know that if I had a problem with with pills or something that it may come to that, but knowing myself now like i'm not afraid of needles but i still wouldn't intentionally do that i just don't see myself i know it's crazy it's like some people i'd like to believe that everybody has the same level of consciousness like everybody starts the game with the same amount of lives you know what i mean but unfortunately i guess that's not the case because some people can't seem to get themselves together and they're always rising and falling rising and falling yeah. my thing is the struggle to understand how we're all not on this like you know equal plane like super contrary when you do the code and you get all the the lives you know what i mean back in the day <laughs> that's what i'm saying like like everybody it'd be nice if everybody had a fair shot and i wonder this guy really cutting the grass doing the bob cast <laughs> y'all hear that out there that's i hear it andy's andy's using an engine out there that's not even really cutting it this is just like being at home. Every time we sit down outside to eat dinner, neighbor always starts cutting his grass. Dude, let's talk about this shit, okay? <laughs> I got a guy who cuts my neighbor's grass Saturday mornings, 7.30 a.m. Bastard. And he's a cocky little shit, dude. <laughs> is he a cocky little? Like, is I, Well, I mean, one when I moved in first, I went outside and I was hungover, like just so tired and upset because, you know, I work hard for five days of what to dehydrate my body and being completely hung over. <laughs> I want to be able to sleep it off and not hear the, the fucking weed whacker at seven 30 in the morning. And I went out and I was in my, uh, you know, big Lebowski style robe. And I'm like, what's <laughs> up, man? What's up? He's like, I'm allowed to be here. I have a permit that states I can start at seven 30 AM. <laughs> and of course, because you know, I'm punctual. I looked that shit up and guess what? He can. He can. What town is this? Plymouth. Plymouth oh, meeting. Okay. 7.30 in the morning, you know? That's... So you know what I did one time to piss him off? I just started cutting her grass. <laughs> and then he'd show up and there'd be nothing to do. And then he got her on me and she yelled at me for it. Hey, now that's that's a good way of dealing with that is you go do it yourself at the time that's good for you. Oh, my gas, my blades. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just trespassing on her property. But she, I take care of her and... Uh, like, he comes and cuts the grass, but he don't come and shovel out snow in the winter. You know what I'm saying? I shovel the snow. And I take no reward, no bounty, nothing. Okay? <laughs> I do it for karma and karma alone. Hey. And I get to listen to music, man. I do I, like, shit for shuffle, karma all the time. Shoveling with earbuds in. Dude. Oh, my God. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's uh, that's probably half the reason why I'm going near deaf. Earbuds. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, dude. Sound. Oh. I've been thinking about that, too. The... Listen, listen to this guy, man. It sounds like, you know, 
he's right up here. The good thing about this is here in the lounge outside is that the lawns are very small. I'm not going to give you the exact address because you can't come here. But these are little, you know, row homes. Here. Yeah. These walls are also paper thin, by the way. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes in life we just got to take what we're going to take. And this is what we got. Got a guy cutting the grass. Two guys, former bandmates, hashing it out, talking about live music. I do miss playing live, and I know you think I'm um, naive to retire so young. No, I don't think you're naive. I told you that when we talked a couple of weeks ago that um, I took a almost a year-long break probably when mm-hmm. I think I was like 38 or 39. I had just had it, like had a couple of good runs with some decent bands, ended up playing with some people that were killer musicians mm-hmm. and just wrote good songs but didn't want to take them out of the basement. And I'm like, um, when are we going to play these tunes live yeah. so that people can hear them? Mm-hmm. And it just couldn't take shape for whatever reason. Drove me insane because, you know, I have two choices. Either I can like try and wait for some studio work or try and make something happen with studio work or I'm going to play live. Like those are the things that I like doing. Mm-hmm. Live has just worked out better for me for whatever reason. And, um, these guys just didn't want to do it. So just got out of the whole thing for good, at least 10 months. I mean, I barely touched my drums in, in that amount of time. I kind of thought I was, I literally thought I was done. Like same. Just I wasn't going to come back the, from it. I had the exact same moment. I was like, I'm not going to pick that thing up no more. Yeah. I'm not going to play it. And then one day I did and I'm like, up. Oh, I still remember it all. Muscle reflex. It's like yeah, the RoboCop memory, Terminator. I call him, you know, like you can't, you can't like get away from the beat. I've I've played tunes with guys that I've played with like back in high school mm-hmm. and you, you're not remembering every note, but the muscle memory can take you right back to oh, yeah. tunes that you played like a couple hundred times, yeah. even if you haven't played them in <clears throat> 15 years. You hear that like da, 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 and you're like, boom, it's yeah, right you there. You just know it. And I, I also have a tendency to remember stuff like that. The way that I learn songs, like you were asking about like, how do I keep all that shit in check? Like we're playing mm-hmm. with four or five different bands in June I played probably five or six shows with four different musicians or bands I had like 45 songs floating around in my head and that's crazy <laughs> it could get overwhelming at, at times but can. I wouldn't trade it for anything it's the it's what I love to do I, just, I really just start really trying to play the drums maybe about two and a half years ago so I've like heard every you rock day. it out down at uh, the nail salon <laughs> This is the beauty salon. Oh yeah, the nails. Yeah, salon. whatever it was. What was that place, man? I, uh, you know that might have been a massage bar. So we, we used to practice right by the jug handle over there on Chemical Road in Plymouth Maiden, and there used to be this little balcony, and I used to be able to go outside and play my bass and disturb traffic. Oh, I'll never God, forget that, that place. It was fun. When when we would all be playing and you were standing outside, I'd be outside playing, just, just looking at traffic like, yeah, I don't <laughs> care. I never made it to MSG, but here I am, jug handle of Plymouth meeting. I could see What's people up, driving Ikea past shoppers? looking at you. People like, oh, here he is. <laughs> you know? But those were good times, man. We did rock it out, and it was a very enjoyable thing. It really was. I had a great time playing I, I like the, 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 your style of drums. It's good pocket. I think I said, what did I say one time to you? It's 
what did I say? You said it was the best compliment you ever got, and it was uh, famili- about familiarity or oh, something. Oh, I kind of remember that. I actually remember? think I wrote it down somewhere. I I don't remember it. Um, I think it. Was. I just said how great my memory is for shit, but not this. I did yeah. have your if that was a, a great compliment, but I, I I got a better one a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Somebody came up to me after a show at um, at Johnny Brenda's, and they I, I thought they were going to say like how great your playing was, and and this is a guy that I kind of mildly knew, and he's like he's like you're just a really good human being, and I'm like oh, that's cool. I'm like that's so much more important than anything else. I, it is really nice when people see you for for what you do and try to be a good person and you know entertain. Yeah, at that point you don't even need to say anything about somebody's plan, like because you pretty much just covered it all right there. I love the fact that the drums is what separates us from the apes. <laughs> <laughs> I would lo- I would love I would pay top dollar, even though I got no top dollar, to see a band full of gorillas, chimps, chimpanzees, <laughs> just rocking out, dude. It would be, and like, not to be inhumane towards them, they would be in the know, like, yeah, we're here to rock out. I guess that's the gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> I just pitched myself the gorillas. Mom, that happens sometimes here on the Bobcast. The true. Oh, the true. That is. That's how I got into listening to you. That's awesome. Yeah, I because I you know huge fan of, of oh, True Detective. God, it was such a great show. Even it, now thinking about Purple Haze. Oh yeah. You know he definitely died there on the porch. Mickey was on the fence that he had this whole idea that this was that, but nah. Hayes went into the jungle, and the story ended. He died right there with his family. And yeah. Then, and then Cyborg Ray Fisher. Or whatever his name is, went and figured out the mystery later. But yeah. I was I was really disappointed though that he didn't cement the cameo of all cameos. You'd bring him back, Rust and Cole. You know what I oh, mean? Like, yeah. Like it just like we had him on the TV, but just to bring him back and like, I can't remember what I pitched back in the day, but it was just like like so, oh I think it would be like it was like Purple Haze like in the nineties calling through all the the marks on their maps with the yellow king's map and then like like one of them taking a call you know what i mean like in their time then yeah i thought there was a a couple of things that they didn't quite wrap up on on the last season like they never never went into like what happened with his wife like you know with purple haze's wife yeah oh yeah that is true yeah, why, you know, but that's the, I guess that's him trying to be Hitchcock, you know what I mean? Yeah, and just kind of leave things to your imagination. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that when when, when shows do that. If, if they're that good, you, but, you can live with it. I know. So we don't know when True Detective, uh, the next season begins, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope the story, you know, progresses. And it's not just, you know, I, I would like to see something different, too. I feel like the season one, season three were very similar Season two was like, you know, Die Hard 4, you know, it just didn't go nowhere. Yeah, it was uh, I like clearly Vince not. Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn, but like, I just, I felt like he didn't do nothing. And and who, who what was the other guy? Uh, Colin, um, I'm never going to remember his last name, but. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, right. That guy. Uh, like, I thought they yeah. did a great job with their parts, but the story just wasn't quite there. Sometimes that's the worst part when the story is not there and you're like, huh? It's the same thing with the band. Band has a story too. Yeah. Every band, right? 
everything. Every band has a story that could be like a, at least a five minute blurb on like the new VH1 behind the music. I miss that show. I do too. God, I, I have you know? so many great uh, bands. Things that you would never know about a band coming from that show. Uh, yeah, and the way it was filmed, it was filmed all artistically. Like they had like inner, like there's like these like inner like uh, card changes of like uh, waterfalls. I remember weird shit, dude. I remember being, I was younger. I'm like what, only five years younger than you? Um, no, probably six or seven. Yeah, about well, there. close enough, whatever. Adolescence, yeah, it's different, I <laughs> it guess. It might be more. <laughs> MTV, though, was just so... I miss it. I miss the the element of watching people being excited about music in that medium. Oh. I think that's what's missing with YouTube. I mean, they do it with Twitch, but with music now, I guess you stream and you listen with other people. I don't know, but I miss seeing like music video premieres of like a favorite band in the 90s oh that was it was one of the things that you would look forward to the most when yeah. a new band or not a new band but a band that you loved mm-hmm. had a video coming out you there was an actual premiere date i mean i can remember mm-hmm. like literally sitting in front of the tv just waiting for it now I this is i used to take like 120 minutes oh Every Sunday night, I could never stay up because I was in high school. Yeah, and like too. I'd just be like, oh, I just got to make sure the timer would work. Sometimes I would forget to hit the timer, the VCR timer. This is the things that people will forget about, okay, with streaming services. They will forget when you forgot to hit the timer on the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> okay? That was the worst feeling. And the program was gone. You would never see it unless there was some hope of it ever coming to VHS. Yeah. Yeah, once it was on and over, that was the end of that. Hundred and twenty minutes. Though, I, man, I wonder just, what it would feel like to infuse that energy into everyone right now on the planet just for a bit. Like they couldn't pick up their phones. The podcast just stopped. Hey, speaking of not having a phone, didn't I hear you talking about not having a car? I have no car. Man, it's got to feel strangely liberating oh my god it's very liberating but there's one drawback the only thing if i didn't have to suffer from this one thing i wouldn't be actively looking for a car and that's i used to pick up my son from school and then we'd have time together before my wife would come home and we you know we chat about the world and that's it but other than that i don't miss driving um i drive sometimes lyft uber to work sometimes i get rides from people Lyft and Uber to work in the morning's crazy though. I bet. Because it's not the nighttime life service. You know what I mean? Like you're like out there they're like drinking beers. It's I'm like, going yeah, to you work. Gotta, you got to get somewhere. Yeah. And I'm telling them how to go too because listen, Lyft, Uber, all the directions just pinpoint you right in the traffic because they want you to be stopped in traffic so that way they can reroute other drivers. So if you're a driver and you're doing this for one of these companies, know this. Okay. This is what's going to happen in about five years. And I've got this from inside Bobcast sources. <laughs> They're going to replace your car with their own company car, an Uber car. And you can lease this car from them and you can make money from them. But after a certain amount of time, you'd have to return the car. Similar to just leasing a car, but with a job. That's so, what they're planning. Hey. And all the cars got a U, and it's like this black decal. There is no insider. There is no information. It's just me, you know, out here making shit now, up. Like, how do you feel about that on a, um, like, in relation to people being afraid of, like, AI and things like that? Like, I mean, that's pretty much 
I mean, I, I guess I that's part of it. It's they not have a exactly very it. legit. There's a very legit worry that something will happen, and I think that we're not thinking about it in scale. Of, you know, we're always thinking Terminator Two scale. You know, what if like you know a robot just accidentally? Uh, you know, if we have a robot making the baby's milk, and the baby heats the robot heats the milk up too much, and the robot kills the baby, we got robot. Robot homicide. <laughs> now there, the, Robot homicide. There's a band name for you. Featuring Detective John Bicer and his plot to take down the aliens. <laughs> you believe people are going to go to Area 51, dude? You think they're going to do that? Well, I think there's probably going to be... It's, it's just like... There's going to be people that go, but a million, two million people? Mm-hmm. Not going to... I just don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that either. And like, uh, I hope that they show it. I mean, they have to show it, right? On CNN, they got to be like, look, this is what's going down, right? They have to show it to us. What? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of shit that they don't There's show There's something people. going on right now in Hawaii, and I'm not really sure because I have no assistant, and I get all weird when I look at my phone when I'm <laughs> bobcasting. But there's something going on where the people of Hawaii, including Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa, is protecting... They, they're trying to build this giant telescope and everybody's protesting. And Dan, Bob Marley's son went out there and was protesting. They're protesting because they're building a telescope? or they're... Yeah, yeah, a giant telescope that's going to cut into the top of their mountain. Oh, because of like the the scenery and yeah. the, the yeah. nature aspect. Oh, okay. I thought they were pissed about it because of like like some scientific aspect. Like, no, no, no. They're pissed because they're going to dig into the land. Yeah, I've not heard about this. Yeah, that's the main oh, thing. Oh, okay. Well, I can understand I think it that. just came out in the news today. I'm not, I'm not even sure the name of the the island. But, yeah, so, I try, the news is so hard. You know, I watch politics and shit. You watched the debate? Uh, actually, I did, surprisingly, even though Let's it, it just up. was like I just sat down as it was starting. I'm like, oh, I'll watch this. I I'm very politically motivated, but... I tend to watch stuff like that and just think, this is all bullshit. Do you drink the Kool-Aid, as Booker says? Uh, No. (laughs) I'm scared of him, and it's not due to anything except his eyes. It's just his eyes. When When he talks, his eyes get angry like the Incredible Hulk would in my mind. And I'm scared because I think, yeah, I guess he could beat Trump with like this hostility but I don't think we need more hostility to take down hostility and I've been saying it all along nothing's gonna matter because he's gonna win again well that's Trump's gonna win again that's what I think but I think I hope I'm wrong I hope I go back and listen to this shit when I'm an old man and I'm like dude you were way off or you were right on the money but he's so ruthless how many times did he go broke and come back in AC I grew up down the Jersey Shore and I can tell you how many times Two or three times. <laughs> yeah, it's he's crazy. It's some dude. people have that thing in them where no matter they can go from the top to the bottom, but back up to the top again. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there's a handful of people that are just able to do that, and it's something in them that drives them, whether it be ego or that they want to do something good for somebody. Now, his I think is mostly ego. I mean, it, you know, that guy is a fucking idiot like yeah he just is i don't care what his politics are he's a moron but how he got to where he's at i mean it's something 
in certain people that can it's, it's, put you it's to crazy. the top. Yeah. It is a good point that he is able to be in charge of the, the the land of the free and the land of the bold, and he's you know this guy who's worked his way into the room. Literally, he's gotten himself backstage. Yeah. He got free dinner. You know, they no. made it. They, they messed up his order at Wendy's. He got more food <laughs> than he ordered. You know, it's stuff like that. He's there's people too who are also very privy to that. And it's like a sin, I think, that, you know, exists not metaphysically in the spiritual thing, like, but like they take it and they just get addicted to it. You know what I mean? Like but getting all, away with shit. But all that I mean? being said, if another party doesn't come up with mm-hmm. something quick, he's going to win again. Oh, he's going to win. Yeah. And that's how they're all fighting. Well, how many are there? Yeah. Like the armada There's, of Democrats like up there almost, on the stage? Almost 30. They have to have two nights of debates. Think, is it 40 or 30? I, I have no idea. But here, here's one I read that which, which cracked me up. And okay, I enjoy talking politics here. I do too. Some guests don't talk politics. Well, I mean, I may piss some people off, but. <laughs> there, and once again, Kwanzi, my assistant, is uh, on vacation. So um, <laughs> there was this moment last night where Joe Biden wanted to say something along the lines of text. Three zero three zero, but instead I couldn't figure out what he was trying to say. He said, "Go to three oh three oh. I don't even know whose voice that is. Now, do you know that there's a kid that some other has dude. that domain? And but I believe from what I read on TMZ, whoever now has that domain, there, no, somebody else." I think they took it. Who's also running for office took Joe uh, Biden saying, go to three zero three zero dot com. And that's their page now for like their democratic bit. That's what I thought he was trying to say. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. You know, it's crazy that these people are fighting. I'd like the comment that uh, Elizabeth Warren made. I just, I, I feel too like, she, it's just all like this conundrum. Like, where's the aliens, bro? Get get out <laughs> get them and help down us. here and straighten this shit. You, out. you know, if they came out and they were like, "Look, yo, your weapons don't work, your hostility don't work." Okay, we're going to quell your anger, and you're now going to live in peace. Tell me that's not a movie, huh? They come and they make us all <laughs> super peaceful, but I guess the ultimate lesson would be somebody messes up in the end because they become like a Donald Trump. We're selling multi-billion dollar films here. Let's write the script. In the lounge. I'm writing a TV show right now. I'm almost <laughs> done the pilot. We're three episodes in at this point. I'll tell you what I would like to do. And I've said this before if other people like to do it. I would like to tell a story like that in the podcast fashion. Have a larger table. And then um, like you know, have people read out loud a story. And put it into the story format. Because I think that'd be fun. Oh, I think I heard you talking about this a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I think that'd be... Like, I, I would write it. It would be like 30 minutes, I think, you know? But I gotta find the right topic. The right topic that would help people tune in each week. You know? And people have been tuning in. Thanks very much for listening to the Giant Size Spectacular, episode 200. Yeah, I listened to part of 200, and then it... It disappeared, and I couldn't bring it back up again. I only got like halfway through it. Uh, it happens on the Podbean network. I'm sorry, I, fellas. I listened through um, iTunes. Oh, no. Yeah, iTunes. iTunes does that uh, for the first episode for a while because it's buffering or streaming for like two weeks. The best way to listen to it, I think, is iHeartRadio. It sounds the best. Hmm, and, uh, you know, 
it, it, they all have different audio players. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is a little hoarse. I don't know why. It's probably because I was down uh, the ocean this weekend. Hey, where are you? I was just down there yesterday and the day before. Love the beach, man. Where were Love you the at? Beach. I was in Brigantine, Atlantic City. I was in Dewey Beach. Ah, oh, dude, it's the best. There's nothing quite like a little salt water. And you know what my wife got me drinking, dude? I was like, I'm going to have to try this stuff. She's always so jolly. This white claw seltzer stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't drink it, but I know what it is just because of being at the beach. Mm-hmm. For a week last summer, everybody was drinking white I dr- claw. I drank like five of them on the beach. I've never been that relaxed on the beach. I think it was the most relaxing beach day of my adult life. Hey, you know what? I had one of those the other day, but it wasn't due to drinking. There's nothing wrong with that, too. Whatever, which, Whichever way, we're both card holders. It know? was great. Which, which strain were you talking it was actually, it was um, an edible that a friend of mine had brought from out of state um, a couple months back. So um, I just know that it was uh, an indica, but I, I I don't know much more than that. Yeah. Did you feel its indica power put oh, you down? Yeah. Yeah. It took me way down low. It's weird how it goes into your body and it's like your it's the, the digestion process that stimulates the almost, I guess... I forget it's not it's the THCVA part of it or something. I don't, there's so much scientific stuff I've learned since getting my card about the plant. It's crazy, man. Like terpenes and stuff like that. Uh, like yeah, terpenes or whatever. I never cared or read anything about that stuff up until yeah. a year or two yeah. back. And linalool and shit, like all this stuff. Where I'm like, what? But I it even heard it all makes a difference. Stuff. It does. For my inflammation in my right leg, I can tell you certain strains can definitely help with the pain and the alleviation hybrids in general. I have uh, I've a really hard time sleeping. I've just had poor sleep habits going on 10 years now. Sam, I did quit pills though. What do you mean? Like sleeping I, pills? Sleeping pills. I, I used to take I melatonin. I used to take Tylenol PM. I used to take whatever I could because my insomnia was so bad. Yeah. And now once I got my card, I could, I, you know, I just, just take a little little bit of medication and boom, I'm done, dude. Like eight, nine hours so I can get asleep. Yeah. I went to bed last night, 8.45, okay? <laughs> 8.45. And then you know what time I get to work? Seven. Yeah. Because that's how I do it. I like yeah. getting up early. I like bit. getting up early too, but, you know, it's... Uh, my sleep is better, mm-hmm. but it's not great. I mean, it's just... When I'm down the shore, I can sleep so well, though. You know? Like, after coming off the beach, like, phew, done. I remember this one time I was so drunk on the beach I came back and didn't wash off my feet and woke up in a bed full of sand. A bunk, a bunk bed, nonetheless, on the top, which is even more of a bitch to clean up. But, uh, so yeah, I got this I got this story that I was going to write about, John. I was going to like do this like Facebook thing where I write, you know, and people respond, but I figured it'd be better to tell over here on the podcast. I got this crazy story I want to share with you and the audience that happened to me this weekend at the Golden Nugget, Okay. So, uh, it was a trying night, okay? We get there. There's a lot of traffic. We check into the room. We're having drinks. We go to dinner. They mess up our order. Everything's just a mess, you know? And then all of a sudden, we start having a good time. And then a family member um, started to wig out a little bit. He had ingested a little bit too much cannabis and thought he was bugging out. (laughs) And he kind of, like, went overboard, you know, and kind of was, like, trying to ruin the dinner. But it happens, you know? Yeah. Nobody judges here on the Bobcast. And I felt bad because I had some part in that. I felt terrible, you know? 
um, that that had, had happened. But the food was really good. So I love sushi, okay? <laughs> and I can't be pulled from the table for sushi. <laughs> and I felt bad about that, you know? And then later that evening, something else happened to me. It was like the night... What happened, what was the, the stories back in the Bible? Oh, yeah, like uh, the, the, the cock will crow three times <laughs> when you defy me or some shit. This is like my night of hell, the first night in AC, because it is a town of sin, is I'm reflecting on that. My kid goes to bed. I'm going downstairs now to the deck. I'm going to see a Freddie Mercury cover band, Queen. Love Queen. And when I get down to the deck, the elevator's broke. So everybody is now, like, you know, bottlenecking into the stairs. It's a big crowd. It's huge, you know? And people are drunk. And when they're drunk, you can smell that energy in the room, you know? <laughs> that male testosterone. I was going to say, especially it's like AC. Yeah, it's a, you know, like when you, you ever take a carrot and you shred it, you know? <laughs> That's what's going on in a man's body when they're drunk. It's just like, don't, don't diminish me, you know? <laughs> this testosterone, this rage. I find myself on the staircase, okay, and I'm on the staircase next to a five foot eleven blonde. I never even saw her face. She had a silk blouse on, high jeans in that eighty style fashion that's making such a great comeback, and crutches. And I was taking my time, okay. I had a drink in hand. I could hear Radio Gaga through the goddamn doors, okay. I'm relaxed. I'm not rushing some nice lady on crutches, okay? But I'm in a bad fucking mood because of what just happened at dinner. I feel guilty. Yeah, I you're feel still, bad. still feeling bad about it. Okay, so as we progress down the stairs, you know, and there's like maybe two and a half flights of them, the guys behind me get a little rowdy, right? And the one guy, you know, he says, Hey, buddy with the long hair. Why don't you man up and pick that lady up and carry her the rest of the way? And at this point, I had had too much. I turned and I put my shoulders, you know, nine and three on the clock to him. And I say, why don't you man up to your words and do the task that you seek me out on so correctly with all your male testosterone rage in front of all <laughs> his fucking homies? And they were like, who is this guy, dude? You know, what's good? And to my surprise, the guy pushes me aside. I swear to God, this story is true. Picks the woman up. That's the woman willing? She says, I don't mind. And at this point, I realize she also has an accent, which really has no point in the story. It's just <laughs> something that's in my head because I could hear it like a detective he picks her up, and he falls down the fucking stairs. Oh my God. I didn't think that's where this was going. <laughs> okay. He falls down. Th like there's three or four stairs left before we'd hit the, the lobby room to get outside. I feel terrible. But in that moment, I also now smell something different that's not testosterone. I smell rage. And I smell them like a pack of hungry fucking wolves ready to fight. I turn to them and say, you see what happens? You know, I should have said, some, said something like, you see what happened in, in Donald Trump's 2019 America? <laughs> but I didn't. I think I just, I said to him, you see what happens? And he was like, ah. And at that point, 
I, I, I did something that I feel terrible about, terrible about. And I think that, you know, sometimes sharing it on the show can help other people. I kept going. I didn't stop because I knew that they were going to kick my fucking ass. I was outnumbered, you know, six, six to one, you know, and there's a crowd and like, it would have looked like I had thrown them down the stairs. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like I did with my mind and I couldn't, I, that night I got drunk. I was disgusted, lost in poker, bad karma. And then I just kept going over and over and over in my mind about it, feeling terrible. But also thinking, like, if I didn't do one thing, the other wouldn't happen. But, yeah, I'll never forget that moment. You know, it's, I don't know that you can, you, you shouldn't feel bad, you know, for yourself, putting people in that position. Yeah, but I believe in Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, I I go by the flux capacitor and the, you know, that whole version of time travel. Now, were these guys, like, all jacked up? Like, I mean, like, drinking? They, like, were they, they visibly... Were, they were much younger than me. They were, uh, like, 24, 25. Were they, like, bros? Bros. Yeah. Definitely uh, all right, bros. so... You know, I, they were all wearing like I could smell the cologne. You yeah, because I mean? oh, okay. they were yeah they're going out on the deck for the good time. I got gotcha. meet some girls, take them back to the thing. Well, see now and I have the, uh, the, the craziest thing though, John, is when he picked her up. <laughs> but see, that's Dude, just he guys never, being he never got a grip on her. And also, when you got crutches, what are you doing, lady? Yeah. Getting picked up. I kept going over and over in my mind that night. I'd finally like gotten you know my head down to the pillow after you know gambling and stuff. I felt terrible. I was going to write about it because I felt so weird, but it feels good just talking about it. I think I would end up feeling a little bit badly that like that it all went down, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't feel badly that you did or didn't do something that kind of led to it happening. I, you, know, mm-hmm. you can only... I, I just wouldn't feel all that bad about it. So That, was the that second- guy was going to do what he was going to do. That was the second time the cock crowed. And, uh, yeah, I felt bad. It didn't happen the third time. I don't know why I brought that up. Jesus Jesus died, I think, the day after that happened, didn't he? I think that's not... I think so, yeah, right? So, like, that was the way that the story went. Did another bad thing happen? Not really. Then a bunch of positive things happened after that night. I had a great time on the beach. My son loves it. I made sure to bring that life preserver thing that's so fashionable with the kids. (laughs) The riptide was insane. Yeah. Yeah, insane. I went in yesterday and uh, like you could feel it immediately. Feel it. Yeah. feel it just popping right out. That's the thing that's great is the ocean's in, in control. Ocean could just take us all out anytime. Any I, I love time that fact, at once. You know, that it's still, it's just as powerful as when I was six as 39. There's no difference in that. Yeah, I, I, I'm always um, a person that goes in the water, mm-hmm. but um, I'm also always a person that's like super aware of um, you know, are there rip currents? Are people not in the water out a certain distance? Because, like that shit, yeah, will pull you out so fast. I've so, seen it happen to people. I've seen it happen to my wife, where a friend of mine was out in the water and ended up having to go out and risk his own ask, ask to bring her back in. I mean, it's it's scary as fuck to watch. All right, so so this is my foot right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. See right here, this red intuition. Okay. After about five white claws, I had gone into the beach, and I'm telling you, like you ever go in and the undertow is so strong, you gotta get out before the waves break, otherwise they're gonna fuck you all up because you're gonna dry. knock you over. And the sh- the shells are all in the beach, and you're like your feet are like ah, you know. 
It didn't knock me over. I got stuck in these shells, and I swear to God, by something came and bit me, dude. <laughs> I, I could feel it just wrap itself around, and I pulled myself out of it. And I wasn't really in that phase. I was kind of scared earlier, but those White Claws, man. I'm telling you, it's scary. I get it now. I see everybody drinking it. I hope that new news story comes out like in two months. Like, yes, all those people who drank the White Claw have now been poisoned with cyanide <laughs> and fluorescent yellow. They will have the wrong like digestive process for the rest of their life. Yeah, that that's not my. That's never really a go-to kind of drink for me. I'm definitely a beer first. I like beer in the winter. Mm. In the summer, I can't drink one that like that gets me you know excited about the next one. I could see I, that. I can get bored with beer pretty oh, quick, yeah. mm-hmm. but then my alternate is usually uh, like a quality tequila. Which okay, tequila is good. I like mojitos. My, uh, mojitos, I have phases, you know, but there's nothing worse than that tequila hangover. Though, I'll tell you. I, you know, I, I, I started drinking like better tequila probably about ten mm-hmm. years ago, and I've gone through times where I've had like more than my fair share of tequila woke up zero hangover i mean like actually feeling pretty damn good Mm -hmm. like considering have you ever seen uh russell crowe's uh hangover uh recipe huh it's on youtube Uh, google russell crowe ed sharon hangover remedy i won't talk about it just google if you want but apparently it works so the first time it involves a bottle of patron there you go shaken with a bunch of water and other fluids so the first time I ever had really good tequila was um, on a trip that uh, I went to uh, down in Puerto Rico. And uh, I have found... Puerto Rico! Mm-hmm. So I have a, uh, some family that lived down there. And uh, it's, I guess, technically my mom's first cousin. Mm-hmm. So he's married to a girl from Mexico. They had just come back from a family member's wedding in Mexico and brought mm-hmm. this tequila called Coralejo, which happened to become my oh, yeah, favorite I that tequila. One. Yeah, I know Coralejo. So that, that first night, like, I think I probably did six shots Ooh. with him because, like, they, they drink this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And his wife's a pediatrician down in Puerto Rico. Like, she, she'll down five shots and get up and go to work the next morning. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but, yeah, but she's a well-respected doctor down there. Some and, people can handle it, you know. So... When I got up the next day, like, I mean, well, first of all, I was beyond wasted that night. Like, I had never done six shots of tequila in my entire life. Woke up the next morning, not a care in the world, felt great. I think we went, like, to the rainforest that day or something. It just never faced me the next day. And so I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is not Cuervo. Like, no, it's not. Cuer- Cuervo hangover is atrocious. Yeah. I've I've had that before, and it kind of turned me off to oh, tequila that, until I discovered that there's actually good quality tequila out there. I always love Patron. The first time I had Patron, I remember getting that sensation of, uh, you know, feeling, uh, you know, the agave and stuff like that. But there's nothing quite like, you know, even a, mar- a margarita as well. But I think in excess of those drinks, two to three drinks, I don't know, you got to stop. Well, I can't drink like um, like margaritas. I, I like too sugary. Wait, like I just can't have more than mm-hmm. say two of them because the amount of sugar is just it's off mm-hmm. the chart. Like I'd rather just sit there and sip a glass of good tequila without any of the mixer. What's the best mixer you've ever had with tequila? 
with tequila? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> you ever have uh, coconut juice? Mm-mm. Try that. It's pretty good. Like the one you get in the cart, it's like the mobile. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I tend to mostly just drink it straight. I like it mm-hmm. with a good, um, like Mexican style beer. I mean, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's there's just too many to pick from. Mordelo. It's great with that. We moved to uh, Los Angeles in 2004, and I was I couldn't believe that you could buy beer at the grocery store. Yeah, and it was so cool to like you know to try all all those beers, you know, Southern California Mexican beers. Do they have uh, Pacifico? Oh my god, Tom Tom loved that beer. That's my combo. That was good. Like if I'm going to drink tequila, I want Pacifico, Mm -hmm. and that all came from a a place that I went to out in San Diego a bunch of times called um, Jose's, and they it's like a five dollar special a 16 really? ounce draft of pacifico and a oh, little glass of uh, corralejo i love that area not be beaten i went to so san diego good. once for fourth of july on the beach it's such a wild experience because i'm so used to the jersey shoe mm-hmm. you know the shoe nobody yeah. says that too i saw something on facebook Did you see that what's that no everybody else in the you know country says i'm going to the beach yeah says, oh, we're going down the shore we're going to the shoe the, sh- the shore i wonder if there's a podcast called the shoe <laughs> Because if there isn't, I'm going to buy that. If you could multitask and look it up on your phone while we're... I can't, dude. Let's do a little example here. So we were down in Ocean City, Maryland for the 4th and saw some fireworks down See, there. Can't do it. See, you just start talking. Oh, I need sorry. to focus. No, no. That's what I'm just, I'm showing you as a test. I <laughs> that's why I need an assistant. So what happened? Oh, we're just talking about being at the beach again for the 4th. Oh, yeah. God. It's such a cool experience, you know? Yeah, I almost always... Uh, either stick close to home for the fourth or I have friends in uh, North Carolina that we'll visit and uh, uh, didn't do either of those this year. And sometimes it's good to break tradition. Yeah. You know, go off and do something different, you know, make new memories. Yeah. It was, uh, it's always a good time, but something like that happens. It was hot as hell, but uh, it's been hot. When you're down on the beach, it just doesn't matter because it never does. And have you ever had it when the the wind's blowing the other way? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's the worst have yeah. you ever gotten bit by one of them green flies oh yeah green flies black flies i wonder yeah. if everybody's pain's the same what's your green fly swell like do you get <laughs> do you get like numb like benadryled out numb? no no I, I don't really generally have those kind of reactions See, like, I, I believe that i have something wrong with me i got bit by one of those motherfuckers and for, for four days dude my leg had hurt but like a, now it's fine like a welt like a like a Big feeling mark. of numbness. Yeah. Oh no, I never. Like I I had like taken like a novocaine or something. Like mm-hmm. that's my reaction towards those goddamn hornets. I don't even get uh, like I'm not even uh, allergic to like poison ivy or anything like that. Oh, dude, that's the worst. I gotta stay clear of that. No, I can rip it right out of the ground when it grows in the springtime. My wife's like, "Can you pull that poison ivy out of there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Go over short sleeve shirt, really? shorts on, just rip it right out. Never and get poison ivy. Oh, never happens. It did when I was a kid. I used to get it like from like like riding BMX bikes out in the woods and everything. Oh my god, I got it so bad as a kid, man. So bad as a kid. But just a couple of years ago, I just took notice. Like uh, n- this never bothers me. Yeah, yeah. I, I cut I the grass. Wish. I weed whack it. Flies all over the place. And you got a lot of poison ivy. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it just kind of grows in certain places. So like, I'll know where it's at. I know I got to go. Mm-hmm you know, cut it down or, or rip it out of the ground. It just never has an effect. I'm like a superhero against. Yeah. We should put that to use. Ivy. There should be like a superhero story where it's like 
only one person going through that door. It's covered with poison ivy. That'd be a fun <laughs> skit for SNL. Everybody else gets it all over the place. They can't move. Imagine if poison ivy like made you not be able to move. It had a powerless effect. That be that could be a good horror movie too as well. Just give me a whole bunch of ideas, dude. You're like a you know a muse over there. Oh, hey, nothing wrong with being a muse. You know, nothing. Is there? There's a movie called The Muse, right? Uh, <laughs> assistant, assistant to the stars. Look that up, somebody. Somebody go out there in the world and fix it for us. What was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Yeah, it's just crazy times, man. Marking this date, you know what I mean? Like the fact that we got this stuff on the politics, we got crazy stuff. The world. Is it ever going to be okay? You know? I mean, I guess, you know? I'm hoping that when I listen back to this, and the second time I said it, when I'm an old man and I'm going through this part of my life, that maybe it wasn't the... Maybe the worst is the guy, like, behind us? Or, like, can it get any worse? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, You can only control what you can control. Which Democrat's going to step to the plate is really what I'm trying to say here on True Podcast Politics. Do you want my answer? Yes. The one person that I really like, and I have my own reasons for liking her, is uh, Tulsi. She'd be great. She seems to be the only one that, I mean, just for my own personal Mm -hmm. feelings, she's the only one that seems to have a grasp of the things that are the most important. Mm-hmm. everybody's worried about these kind of yeah. underlying things that are important, but just not as important. We've been in a war mm-hmm. for no fucking reason for two decades based on a whole bunch of people lying and saying that we needed to do it. And we're still there. Still there. Yeah. She's the only one that seems to even have any, any place to talk about it. Like no one even, no one else even brings there, it up. There's too many people playing the game. You gotta have less players. I know mean, it'll happen with the primaries and stuff, but time is the essence because every time it's like Trump gets named a winner in these polls, which I still find hard to believe. You read but... that like Rolling Stone and like they're like, "Yep, Trump wins," and then Obama loses. I saw on one where like, if, "Yep, they oh, all with attack like Obama." Some fake scenario, like or... he's done. No, like Joe Biden should have said the Obama administration was not my administration, but he continues to back up Obama, which pisses off other Democrats because they think he should separate. But, you know, I just, that's what I'm saying, man. The aliens, come on. (laughs) Okay? If you can hear this signal, okay? Stop all this stuff, you know, make things go back to the way they were, say, 1987 minus Ronald Reagan and the Cold War. I was a sophomore in high school in 87. Well, good times. I so was when I was so first. You had like Motley Crue and all. You had no. Well, you did watch Live Aid, right? I was just starting to get into like pretty much <clears throat> what I grew up listening to, like the you know the whole punk scene mm-hmm. was starting to play in a band that was playing like punk and and pretty pretty much speed metal at the time. Oh, really? And I was coming out of all of the stuff that I had grew up on, like what my dad listened to, mm-hmm. a lot of Motown, a lot of uh, cool. a lot of Philly sound, and mm-hmm. uh, like just all this great R and B stuff. But then he was like, he was rock and roller too. So mm-hmm. you know, um, was not a big Beatles guy, was not a big Zeppelin guy. Um, you know, just a lot of kind of what well, I guess what would be underground back then. Mm-hmm. You know, bands that just stuck with me for forever and um and i i owe all that 
all that musical and taste to him. We both grew up the same way with experiencing music. Like my mom loved the Doors, Jimi Hendrix. So like I listened to her records, Hard Days, Night, stuff like that. And I'm glad that we had that because I don't think new generations will have that because they'll just have phones. Well, that's and they my, won't have physical memories of. My dad had a jukebox, a Seaberg mm-hmm. jukebox, in our living room when we were growing up, and he rigged it so that you didn't have to put quarters in it every time you wanted to play a song, and it played forty fives. Like it, it would. I mean, the thing was, oh, wow. it was beautiful, and uh, so you would just push a button, and then you could pick the song that you wanted, and you never had to pay for it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like anything that you would have seen in a in a bar back then. Yeah, I miss those places, man, when they had, you know. But the, the, it's a day and age, I guess it's gone. Maybe the aliens can bring that back, you know. Come yeah. on down. Help us out here. They're probably more likely to come down and, and, and come, save come the world. Come be a guest here on the Bombcast, you know. So um, <laughs> You got extra chairs. Before the, uh, they ticket us after two hours, by the way, which uh, hasn't happened to any guests yet, but I, I tried to contest it, in. and I was like, yo, Bob, I host the Bobcast. They're like, I paid a ticket, okay? Paid it 20 bucks. And I feel bad, you know, if anybody in the future, you know, gets one, but I'll pay for it. But two, like, you know, the 200 episodes before and to the 200 to come after, I'm happy you came in this, you know, episode for 201. I'm glad I started the new century. You did. You're the new age. Welcome to the new age. <laughs> What's going on with uh, gigs this summer we got coming up? I'm actually uh, kind of uh, a little um, taking it under work at water. this point. You're going on vacation tomorrow, right? Uh, just going away for a couple of days. Just yeah. a little getaway. Yeah. That's I, I keep seeming to do that, though. I'm like here and mm-hmm. there and back and then here and there and back. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that for a couple of months. That's good. But um, gig-wise, well, I mean, I got... Uh, um, Actually, I have more in the way of studio stuff coming That's out good. in the next couple of months. So I got this um, this one record that I played half of with this uh, group called uh, Rise Twain, and these guys are um, <laughs> they are highly talented musicians. I mean, mm-hmm. they're way better than 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 I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, just they just know shit that I will never know. And uh, so they put a record together, and mm-hmm. it comes out September sixth. Then I got some new travel lanes coming. Just uh, heard uh, a couple of version one and two mixes in the last couple of nights. It's cool. I was like listening to that band. And that stuff is going to be, it's going to be good. It's in a, it's a lot different than anything we've done up to this point. And we've been playing together for a good seven years now. So at least the it's co- good. core group of three bands, people. Bands should never break up. Rule number well, one. You know, we, we have gone through this thing, travel lanes has, especially of these ups and downs where we like literally don't do anything for months, but all it takes is one phone call, one text. Hey, let's get together. We'll play a couple of shows. Let's write some new songs. This record kind of came out of like, mostly (laughs) I wouldn't let shit die. Like Frank Brown, who's the Mm -hmm. singer and songwriter for the band. He's just got all these great tunes. I mean, dozens and dozens of songs that hopefully we'll see the light of day at some point, but he gets in these, positions where he just doesn't want to do anything or can't do anything he's a teacher for one so you know what that's, that's like. what happens yeah but he um had this this group of songs that were just in my head on my radar that he would send out as demos and i kept saying like let's not let these songs die let's and record it so we've got like 
seven or eight. Well, it's just going to be an EP, but there are all these songs that have been like kind of floating, you got a you got a title for around. it. What's that? You got a title for it? No, nah, we're <laughs> we're way far away from that. We're, How about roll the dice? Roll <laughs> nothing with my name in it, please. If I ever titled episodes, that would be the name of this episode. Roll the dice. You only go by the numerical. Right. I used to go by the room, the Roman numeral, numerical, excuse me, and the, <laughs> the Roman, the numerals and the numerals I used to go by. <laughs> and um, it got too complicated, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, I knew it like, you know, past like Rocky five that you know, I had nothing, <laughs> I had nothing, you know. But anyway, I really uh, appreciate coming in. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, it was a great time to play in the assassination. You know, yeah. maybe one day we'll do it again. Pocket dial. Pocket that one dial. time was great. You know, we should bring it back. Like I said, bands should never break up. Okay, it should just be one linear story of people making music together. And I'm happy I made some with you. Yeah, yeah. Let's do pocket dial soon. We shall. Uh, my name's Bob. This has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>